going to have a time when um, we put more emphasis on the altar. And uh, some of you may remember that on June 5th, we, we started out talking about praying the book of Acts. And we're going to sort of continue. We, we only got to the first part of that. And um, I wanted to try to complete that tonight as we um, begin to just spend some time in prayer. And specifically in prayer following the model of the book of Acts. And this is something that we... Um, we focus on, and um, it's something that I believe God will honor. You know, as, as apostolic Pentecostals, we find that it is important to look to the book of Acts as our model for all that we do, and we, and we do that in so many areas. We do that with the fact there's divine healing and miracles in the book of Acts. We believe in that. How many of you still believe people can be healed? Amen. Absolutely. Sister uh, Marjorie Ricardo was texting me before service and and said that she um, is in need of prayer. is very sick, not able to come. So I wanted to pray for her as well. But um, we do believe that people can be healed, and we believe that it's a divine touch of God, uh, just as we read in the book of Acts, that people were healed on a regular basis. We believe in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we believe in baptism in the name of Jesus. We do everything that we can to follow the model of the book of Acts. And um, as we were looking through the book of Acts recently, I began to see a model for prayer. And uh, we started talking about that on June 5th, and I felt like the Holy Ghost just moved in in, uh, in such a powerful way. And um, we, we were not able to uh, really get to the portion that uh, we would introduce a topic from the book of Acts, and then we would pray that. And so um, we're going to follow through and do that tonight as we promised then that this would be a continuation. But let me just review, if I could, for just a couple of minutes, and then we'll, we'll read some scriptures and we'll specifically pray uh, for five different categories that we find in the book of Acts. The, the first thing that um, we established really um, as a foundation when we look to the book of Acts and we look to it in terms of the model of prayer. We, we've talked about before, you know, praying the the Old Testament plan of salvation. We've talked about praying the Lord's Prayer. So I think it's good to have these different models of prayer. But the book of Acts, I think, is one that's very specific for us here uh, at East Wind as Pentecostals. And one of the things that we, we know is that they, um, they prayed consistently. They prayed consistently. And I, I believe that is something that Jesus taught them while uh, he was here on earth. We read about that in Luke chapter 18. And um, we understand that this was something that he taught them and something they, they continued to do. Uh, Acts chapter 1 talks about that, that they continued uh, with one accord in prayer and supplication. When they were in the upper room, sometimes we just read about the upper room. We think, well, they just, they just started praying and there was a Holy Ghost outpouring. No, they, they prayed for a while before there was any kind of a breakthrough. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They had to sort of persevere and many times when it comes to spiritual matters it requires spiritual perseverance and uh, certainly they did that they they prayed uh, consistently the second thing that we know uh, as a foundational point concerning the new testament church and their prayer habits is that they prayed together they prayed together and uh, that's what's great about coming together in the house of the lord and praying they prayed 
uh, together, and we're following that same model. Acts 2.41 talks about this. It talks about how they continued, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and in prayers. And they continued with one accord in the temple. And so they did it together, uh, house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. So they prayed consistently, and uh, they, they prayed together. And then we know that they prayed in a certain place. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, but I just want to give you a, a quick review. They prayed uh, in a certain place. They had a designated a place that they prayed. We talked about that from Acts 10, Acts 16, and uh, even in Acts 3 when they went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And we talked about why it was important to have a special place of prayer. Number one, you know you're going there to pray. You're not leaving a prayer to chance. But when you have a certain place to pray, whether it's in your house or it's somewhere um, you know that you enjoy maybe walking in a park, uh, or someplace at work that you can pray, you know, maybe during your lunch hour. But whatever it is, you have a designated place. There's value in that because you know you go to that place, you're going there with that purpose, and that is to pray. Also, you have a set-aside time. If you have a designated place, you can have a set-aside time, and it becomes part of your daily schedule. And then finally, you know that you're going there to be with God. You know, you're going there for that distinct purpose, just like you would go to a, a friend's house to visit with them. And so these are foundational principles that we know from the book of Acts. And we talked about that as it related to uh, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And we, we looked at these different places. I'm, I believe that you can pray in a myriad of different situations. Uh, Brother John Johnson, my, my dad was just telling me about uh, the incredible miracle that he had uh, out in Colorado. They... They went out there where his family lives in Colorado uh, last couple of weeks, and Brother Johnson uh, was climbing a, uh, what is it, 14,000-foot mountain uh, that he was climbing uh, by himself. And uh, he said he got to a point where he looked up and he could see the top of it, and he realized uh, that he wasn't going to be able to make it, and he considered turning back. And then he thought, well, I've come this far. I think I'm going to just push on and, uh, and go to... Uh, the top of the mountain. And I, I think this was something that took, it wasn't just something that he did one day. I think you, you'd have to spend the night out there or was it all one day? So he had to spend the night several nights. And so in the process of doing this, he decided that he was going to go ahead and push to go to the top of the mountain. And so he did. And he persevered and he got to the top and he reached the summit. Uh, the 14th, one of the tallest mountains in the continental U.S. Got to the top of it, had climbed it, and then started down. And as he started down, he realized he was in trouble. He had spent all of his energy, and that's certainly understandable. If you read about the number of people that die on Mount Everest, it's almost always the return that gets you. You're using your adrenaline to get to the top. Most people that die on Everest die on the way back down. And uh, so here he comes, but he realizes that he's uh, not going to make it. He just he spent too much energy. He's, he's uh, exhausted, and uh, he's trying to get down the mountain, but... It's a long ways to go, and he starts to pray. And he says, Lord, if you can just help, send me somebody to help me. You can have that one, that place, that leveled off place, wherever, when I was coming up, where there's a road that goes by. If you could just send somebody by there to help me, I would appreciate it. And he's praying and praying and praying. This is just last week, right, Brother John? I need to let you tell this. It's probably a lot more accurate. 
If at any point I'm not telling the truth, just stand up and say, he's a liar. We'll, we'll uh, fix it. Um, so he's coming back down. But this is such a miracle. I love this. He's praying and praying, and he gets, he gets down to that place where he told the Lord, if you could just have somebody right there, I'd appreciate it. And he gets there, and there's a Jeep sitting there. And so he goes over, and he, he says, hey, uh, is, is it possible I can get some help? And the guy said, uh, sure, what do you need? I, I need? I need some help. I'm trying to get down off this mountain, and I'm exhausted, and I, and I need somebody to help me. If you could give me a ride to a certain place. He said, yeah, no problem. And he said, what, uh, what are you doing? He said, I climbed this mountain. I've been out here a couple of days trying to uh, climb this summit, and I'm exhausted. I need help. And the guy said, oh, absolutely. He said, in fact, he said, uh, I don't usually just come out here and park, but he said, I felt like I needed to come out here today to maybe help somebody. And that's, he said, that's amazing. I know God sent you. He said, he must have, because I've never done this before. So, you know, he says, what, what's your profession? He says, I'm a, uh, um, he said, I'm assistant principal at Bayside High School in Palm Bay, Florida. And the guy said, you're kidding. He said, no, I'm serious. I'm from Palm Bay, Florida. You know where that is? He said, yeah, I know where that is. Was it his sister or his mother? His mother was a teacher at Bayside High School in Palm Bay. You think all that's by accident? My goodness, I thought that's just how the Lord works. Hallelujah. He not only sends help, He sends you somebody to witness to. Somebody that's connected back to where he's a, he's a, his profession is as the assistant principal. And, and here this man's mother was a, a teacher at Bayside High School. And of course it all worked out fine. And John's here with us today and we're so glad that he's here. Amen. Don't do that anymore by yourself. I tell you, we, whew, you're young, your mind tells you you can do all this stuff. And when you get old, your mind keeps telling you you can do all this stuff. Your body is a different story. But I thought about how important it is if you can pray. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we're going to spend some time tonight praying, but, oh, you can pray when you need God and, and you're in a desperate situation like, like I was last year when, when, when I thought I was going to drown down there in the Caribbean and I was gasping for air. And you can pray any place you are, anywhere you are. You can say, God, I need help. God can send you help. He can send you help in the most unusual circumstances. Prayer is a, it's a mixture of, of uh, obedience coming together with uh, dedication. It goes up before the Lord as a sweet smelling savor. Now let's look at this. And I want to get into some of this praying. Let's look at how this, this early church started praying. If you turn your attention to the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 24, this is kind of where we're going to get into this model. And then we're going to sh- shoot over to uh, Acts chapter 13. But let's start in, um, in Acts chapter 1. Verse 24 says, And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. This, this is something that I think is important because it shows that they started off praying for uh, their leaders. They started off praying for their leaders. And they prayed for their church ministries. Acts chapter 6 and verse 5 and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and 
Nicanor and Demon and Parmeas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Acts 13, 1, now when they, uh, when there were, now there were in the church at the, at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called, uh, Niger and Lucis of Cyrene, the Manai, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had prayed and fasted and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And they prayed for one another, Acts 14, 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commanded them to the Lord or commended them to the Lord on whom they believe. So, and, and I'm just quickly reviewing. They, 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 uh, they begin by praying for their leaders and by uh, the ministries and then uh, by one another. And uh, we talked about that and we began to pray uh, a few weeks ago for uh, our leadership and for the different ministries. And we began to pray for one another. And we felt that, that unction of the Holy Ghost that, that began to come all over us. And there uh, are five specific subjects that I want to uh, give you tonight, and uh, I, want to, I want us to be able to spend some time uh, in praying for that. The first one that we see that they begin to pray for, this is the first uh, area that we're going to begin in our prayer tonight, is boldness. Everybody say boldness. Acts chapter 4 and verse 24 says, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his church, for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done and now lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child jesus and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. They recognized that it was crucial for them to pray for boldness. They were in a very intimidating environment. They were in a place where they were trying to shut them down. And the Sanhedrin and all that went with the, the temple and the hierarchy, they were in a position of trying to stop them with uh, instructions and with even physical beatings and and uh, throwing them into prison uh, as they did Peter and John. They, there was this incre incredible environment to squelch and to try to destroy their spirit. 
And so they begin to pray, God, give us boldness. God, give us boldness to proclaim the gospel. Oh, God, give us boldness. I, I thought about this this morning as we were talking about taking it uh, out of the building and going uh, into the streets with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thought, what is the, the biggest hindrance that we have about going into the highways and the byways and compelling them to come? And I got to thinking about how that boldness was such a part of that. We, we've got to be uh, certain that we pray for boldness because in the environment that we're in today, folks, uh, it's easy to uh, deal with fear and not even realize that you're dealing with fear. But to just have this, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in law school they called it the chilling of free speech. Uh, you can have so many regulations that they technically not uh, disallow you from speaking in a certain place at a certain time, but it's so heavily regulated that it's the chilling of free speech. If we're not careful, the enemy will try to chill our testimony. We'll try to chill our passion. We'll try to chill our desire to witness to our neighbors and our loved ones. But oh, my friend, we've got to get, hallelujah, a hold of the horns of the altar and say, God, we need boldness to proclaim your word. So I want us to start with that tonight. If you'll stand, we're going to gather down here in the front and and I want us to spend some time praying for boldness. And uh, if you don't have a burden uh, for the lost, uh, take some time and pray for that. Let's pray that God would give us a burden, give us boldness. If you want to come down to the front and pray, if you want to walk around the auditorium, uh, if you want to find a place on the side wall, uh, whatever you have to do, I want us now as a church to take some time and just begin to pray that God would give us a boldness. Come on, let's pray that God would give us boldness. Boldness to declare the gospel. Let's begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the boldness of the Holy Ghost in here. Boldness to declare your gospel. Boldness to proclaim your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second thing that we want to pray for from the model of the book of Acts tonight is that we want to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This should not just be confined to people seeking for the initial experience. But each of us should be praying for the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. In Acts chapter 19, it says, And he came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, We've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Acts 8.15, Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them only. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. They were believers. They had been baptized. They were even disciples. But they still needed the Holy Ghost. Jesus told his disciples not to make a single move until they had received the Holy Spirit. They went everywhere praying for the Holy Spirit. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit would be a part of all that we do. Pray that it has free reign in our life. That it would reign preeminent. And if you feel it, go ahead and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. But would you pray right now for an outpouring of the Spirit of God in these last days like never before.
pray that this city would be saturated with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We pray that people would receive the Holy Ghost in their jobs. We pray that people would receive the Holy Ghost in the marketplace. We pray that people would receive the Holy Ghost in colleges and Eastern State and high schools, in Bayside High, in Palm Bay High, in Heritage High. We pray the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that it would be poured out of the prisons, that it would be poured out of the streets, oh God. Let there be a revival of your spirit. Pour out your spirit, O oh God, in Palm Bay. Pour out your Holy Ghost power, O oh God. That's it. Take a couple of minutes now and just pray in the Holy Ghost. That's it. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Sister Scott. business that they would feel the Holy Ghost in his shop. that they would feel the Holy Ghost right in the dental chair that they would feel the Holy Ghost in the waiting room
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing they begin to pray for in the book of Acts is that they begin to pray for forgiveness. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 18, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, they shall receive the Holy Ghost. Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. There are four things that they would pray to repent of. Number one, wickedness. That goes to motive or to selfishness. He was not seeking to please God, but rather himself. We need to repent of self-serving motives. The intent of the heart was not aligned with God's intent. That's the second thing we got to pray for. We got to pray that we would be forgiven if our intent is not aligned with God's intent. Or if it's my will, but it's not God's will. We got to pray and say, Lord, forgive us for pursuing our own will rather than your will. Help us to reverse that thinking and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. And the third thing we need to pray for as it relates to bitterness, or as, as it relates to forgiveness, is bitterness, which is the envy of others. Simon was bitter because he did not have something that someone else had. Bitterness can get in the church, and if we become envious of one another, it is an attack on the church to break our unity and to turn us on one another. we got to pray for forgiveness. Bitterness is a spiritual cancer. That will eat you away one cell at a time. We got to pray tonight for forgiveness and say, God, if there's any thought in my mind or heart about envy, I ask that you would forgive me. And then the fourth thing that they prayed about was the chains of wickedness. Things not let go. When I see chains on the church, I don't see new chains. I see old rusty chains that have been around for a long time that have never been put under the blood. And these chains keep us from our mission to win souls. I want us to pray right now for forgiveness in those four categories. 
bitterness and envy and chains uh, that have not been broken. I want us to pray that every chain would be broken. And we come against uh, any kind of wickedness or ill intent uh, of our will rather than God's will. And we're going to ask God to forgive us of all of it. Come on, would you lift your voice right now? And would you begin to pray for forgiveness? Forgive us, O Lord, of wickedness. Forgive us, O Lord, of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us, O God, of chains that are on our spirit that have not been broken. Things that have marinated in our mind. Attitudes that have been in our spirit way too long. We put it all aside tonight, oh God. We want to be clean, Lord. So that we can focus on the mission, the field, the work that is in hand, oh God. Cleanse my mind, oh Lord. Cleanse my spirit, oh God.
Begin to ask God to forgive us of anything that hasn't been put under the blood. If there's anything, maybe stuff we're not even aware of, but say, Lord, if it's hindered me from being the vessel of honor that you can use, I want it to be put under the blood right now. Pray that for just a moment. Would you pray? If there's be anything in my spirit, oh God, any chain that's not broken, oh God, I ask you, Lord, right now that you would forgive me in the name of Jesus. Forgive me, oh Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. I want to be clean, oh Lord. I want to be used, oh God. Break every chain off of my spirit, off of my heart and my mind. Forgive us, oh God, as a nation. Forgive us, oh God, as a nation. Oh God, let your people get back to a place of prayer. Forgive us for our wickedness, oh God. We need the divine move of the Holy Ghost in this country. We need, oh God, a prayer of repentance in this place. Next thing I want us to pray for is for healing. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did, and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. And when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. For as much as Elida was nigh to Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Peter rose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the windows stood, all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth, and kneeled down and prayed, turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. When he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. I feel like as we are praying for healing, I want us to pray that life will come again. That everything that has the smell of death will be revived. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, economically, whatever. But I want us to begin to pray for healing and specifically, I want us to pray that life would come again to dead situations. Would you lift your hands now? Would you pray to that end?
Greater works than these shall ye do. Greater works than these shall ye do. You're the people of God. Hallelujah. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. There's life in your words. There's life in your prayers. We pray right now in the name of Jesus for every situation that the enemy has tried to convince us that it's a dead end street, that it'll never change, that there's no hope. We come against that right now in the name of Jesus. We speak life into that situation. We speak hope into that situation. Tabitha, arise. Come to life right now. We come against the smell of death. We come against the spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. You've come to give us life and that more abundantly. You've come to give us life, Lord, not just for ourselves, for, but those that we meet, for those that we pray for, for those that we're in contact with. Let life flow. Let life flow. your healing virtue oh God I pray for Lizette Graber tonight in the name of Jesus I come against the reports of the doctors I come against Lord the report that there's no hope I speak life in the name of Jesus We come together as a church right now where your word said if two or three agree together they can ask anything in thy name and it shall be done we pray right now with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the cancer. We speak virtue. Let the healing virtue of God, let it pulsate through every vein, through every fiber, through every cell of this
pray for Carol Science tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would restore everything, God, so that she would be as she was before. I pray, God, she'd come up out of that wheelchair. I pray that her mind, I pray that everything would be restored. I come against the effects of this stroke. I believe, God, you can restore all things. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing for the saints of God. I pray for healing for the saints of God. Oh, Lord. you need a healing in your body right now would you just lift up your hand wherever you're at if you're standing next to somebody that's got their hand up would you lay your hand on and begin to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus I'm believing right now for a mass healing in the name of Jesus if you need a healing just raise your hand right now Touch Brother Spencer, Lord. I speak strength into his body. Touch Brother Jeff, Lord. We speak life into him. Touch Brother Dan right now in the name of Jesus. Make a way where there seems to be no way. I pray for Sister Mary in the name of Jesus. Heal and restore. I pray for Brother Jenkins right now in the name of Jesus. Heal his lungs, O oh Lord. Let life come again. Breathe the breath of life upon him. Touch Sister Penny right now in the name of Jesus. Strength, restoration, healing. I pray for Sister Kelly right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that you would heal her to the uttermost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are the great healer, God. You are the great healer, Lord. Brother Kevin, right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord.
I am healed. I am healed. Come on, declare it. I am healed by the blood of Jesus. I claim my healing tonight in the name of Jesus. I claim healing in the name of Jesus. The final thing I want us to pray about tonight is I want us to pray for deliverance. God is in the business of deliverance. He always has been. The Bible is full of stories of deliverance. Abraham, Hagar, Moses, Israelites, Naomi, Ruth, Elijah. There are two stories about being set free in Acts. One is about Peter in Acts 12. And the other is about Paul in Acts 16. Both were set free by prayer. Paul and Silas added the element of praise. But in both cases, God set them free to do the work of the ministry. To win souls. God delivers us to fulfill the mission of the cause of Christ. To win souls. To witness. We had time tonight for a testimony service. I'm sure there are many people that could testify tonight about how God has spared your life. I know He spared my life for the purpose to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know that God spared me of a horrible accident number of years ago for the purpose of winning souls. And if God is going to set you free to win souls, you can't go back to the old way of doing things. There has to be a change. I'm asking you to pray right now that you could accept the mandate and be set free in the name of Jesus once and for all so that you are free to be the soul winner that God saves you to be. Come on, would you pray for deliverance right now? I want you to put your hand on your own head. And I want you to pray for yourself that you would be delivered. That's it. Pray for your own mind. Pray for your own spirit. I pray for deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Set me free so I can be a soul winner. from thoughts of inadequacy deliver me from my own fears deliver me from my own insecurities deliver us oh God and set us free I could do all things through Christ which strengthen it Come on, I'm coming out of this prison of self-doubt. I'm coming out of this prison of self-fear. I'm coming out.
Jesus, Jesus, yes, Lord, you shut that a lot these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of god which is in christ Deliver us, O God, from lethargy. Stir up the gift that is within us, O God. Stir it up, O Lord, in our spirit and our heart. Break up the fallow ground, O God. Give us new passion, Lord. Give us new determination, O God. Deliver us, O oh God, from a spirit of entitlement. Deliver us, O oh God, from a sense of self-fulfillment. Deliver us, O oh God, from self. So God from a sense of comfort. Stir it up, oh God. Make us uncomfortable, oh God.
We refuse to hang our harps on the willow trees. We will praise your name, O oh God. We will sing the songs of Zion, O oh God. We will declare your glory and your greatness. Come on, let there be a praise. Come on, let there be a song. Come on, let there be a worship. Let it erupt from our innermost being. I'm going to ask the audio-visual team, if you'll leave that up there, I want you to take a picture of that with your phone. And I'm going to ask you to pray this one hour. 
Would you pray this on a regular basis? And pray this model right here. I believe God's going to give us a book of Acts revival. If we begin a book of Acts model of prayer, just take a picture of that with your phone. They're going to leave it up there. Have it on your phone. Make sure you have it. And if you'll begin to pray this on a regular basis, God's going to bring you a book of Acts revival to your home, to your situation. You believe that? You believe the Lord's on your side? You believe God's got your back? God bless you in the name of Jesus. Let's have a book of Acts revival.